what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Apple recently released an update to their mobile operating system called iOS 15. And as usual, the brothers in tech are early adopters. So what's to like? What's not to like? The brothers break down the key new features of this upgrade and whether they feel the upgrade is ready for prime time. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and as always, is Brian Jackson <laughs> along with me. Yeah, try try not to sound too excited about me. You know, it's like it's like you get you get bubbly when you say your name, and then it's like yeah. and crap, and Alan Wait, Jackson, God, bro. and Brian Jackson. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, Alan, I, I do that. I didn't realize I did that. You, you, well, I mean, it's it's natural, obviously, right? It's it's brotherly love. Yeah. Brotherly love, love yeah. yeah. Actual yeah. brothers actually talking about tech. I mean, you know, I, I kind of feel like people are getting a window into mm-hmm. our relationship, right? I mean, this is kind of a relationship yeah. relationship podcast, right? Yes. You're listening to communications that Al and I would normally have, which is yes. the only communications we would have, right? Let's talk about tech. That's right. When, yeah. we, when we get on the phone together, uh, we actually do this say- is it. Hi, I'm Alan Jackson. <laughs> you say, yes, and I'm your you'd be like, brother, Brian you'd be like, oh, and I say, oh, Alan. It's exactly the yeah, same but I'm Brian. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We, talk, we talk exactly the same way. Um, yeah, you're listening into Brothers in Tech. This is where, as Brian kind of alluded to, we do get together and talk technology, mainly focused on home, family, personal technology. We, 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 we don't dip into the, the big corporate uh, big tech, uh, cutting edge tech trends. We're talking about technology that you know you can use. Uh, your, you, your family, your but the the everyday person life, is everyday, going to use everyday tech. Yep. And yep. Uh, you know, every time we get together, we talk about one aspect or, or topic. Typically, it's kind of an educational, kind of like exploring one aspect of technology. But from time to time, Brian, we do tend to catch up with the news, and that's a little bit of what today is. Um, we are both big Apple users. We try not to make the show completely Guilty. about Apple and Mac, but it's tough when that's 90% of what we're using around us. Um, and plus, I just I, I think Apple Mac tech is more fun to talk about. So we do get together and try to share some news and, and items on the Apple front from time to time. And this week is no exception. Um, Apple just released uh, iOS 15. So for anybody who's just not really up on this, iOS is the operating system that runs on iPhones and iPads. So it is a uh, the the light mobile version of their operating system. Uh, you know where you have Mac OS as for the desktop and laptop computers, the more traditional operating system. iOS is what you actually use and interact with on the phones and iPads. So the new version, iOS 15, just was released this week. There are a slew of new features and uh, uh, things to explore on this new version. And so since the phone and even the iPad nowadays are just so ubiquitous, I mean, so many people have them, so many people use them. It's amazing to me to think that iOS, like when they release a new iOS version, how many more people that affects than a new Mac OS version. Like, yeah. uh, Because it used to be the Mac OS, when it would come out with new updates, I was all on to that because that was like the big thing everybody talked about. Now in recent 10 years, it is now, when is the new iOS version coming out? Oh, the Mac version is coming out? Okay, that's nice. But we really want, and more people are affected by the new iOS versions. Now, from a family home technology standpoint, here's the thing that always worries me when the new iOS version comes out. It basically means I'm going to get a lot of phone calls from people, <laughs> family members or friends that are just like, what happened? Where's my so-and-so button or how do I do this now or whatever? Now, 
That being said, I, I have played with iOS 15 for the last 24 hours or so. I'm, I'm guessing you have as well. I have. The good thing is, is I don't think we're going to get that many calls, Brian, from people saying, where did something go? Right. Okay? Right. Because really, I can't really find any instances of things really dramatically changing how people are going to use. A lot of these things really seem to be enhancements, more like uh, additional features agreed. rolled into yep. things now, right? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. That help that that makes our job a little easier. There's only one thing that I think we'll talk about last on the list that we're probably going to get phone calls about. Yep. Yep. Okay. So yep. we'll just go and be prepared for that. We'll get to that at the end of the list. No, and, and Alan, maybe we should maybe we should take this opportunity to also say uh, a warning that as we've said before when we've talked about iOS uh, updates, I think we did that you know a year or so ago. If you don't need the features that are on there, right? Sometimes it's best to wait. It's best to wait until your family member that you trust, your tech family member says, it's safe, go ahead and do it. Always the first uh, the first iteration that goes public. Uh, even though I will say they, they have gotten better at creating betas yeah. and having beta testers go through it and clearing up lots of these quirks. I mean, it used to be, if you, if you were the first adopter, you you run the risk of bricking your phone completely. I think that's much less likely these days, uh, and you know, hence the reason that I don't mind doing it right away. Um, but I would say for someone who, uh, here's the question: If you were to update and your phone were to brick right away, would you know what to do? And if you say no, don't update. Don't don't don't, don't update. Don't update until they get the. or 15.01 or whatever the next one is, because that's usually when they've corrected any sort of initial emergencies that are out there. Does that make sense? Or the other question to ask yourself is, are you in a position where you're going to be embarking and working on a very, very mission critical project (laughs) in several days that's going to require your phone and iPad to be using at pristine condition? Um, But yet, like me, you still say, yeah, you know what? I'm yeah, still going to run the update. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Whatever. it. <laughs> I, I'm running an entire festival over the next five days, and I've got projects that are all due tomorrow. But you know what? Yeah, let's just give it a shot and see what happens. So, you know what? That's just that's just you. That's just like confident you, Alan. That's just you just like it throw, throw, it, throw it to the it's wind. Like a rush. It's like a little bit of an energy rush. It's kind of like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Apple pops up a little message. Hey, do you want to update the iOS 15? I'm like, you know what? I think I do. <laughs> Forget it. Let's do it. I I do. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to no. fix a drink and let's do it. So, uh, <laughs> so I would say, you know, if in all honesty, if, if you've got one phone and this is the only way, and if it were to brick as in, yeah. when I say brick, meaning it stops working, it stops making you calls, it stops saying, yeah. if, if that's the case, if that would ruin your life, then there's no reason to do this. And, I, and I'll go ahead and say that the features that we're going to mention today are really cool and I'm excited about them, but there is no reason whatsoever for you to update if you are comfortable with your current phone and you also know that bricking your phone would be a major, major problem. Uh, now, for me, and I think you as well, Alan, I think we both are comfortable knowing that if it bricked, I know potentially what I would yeah. do. I would sure. back up and go back to my old one, whatever. But um, yeah, so let's talk about it. And, and you know, this episode, we're, we're actually ahead right now, which is kind of cool. This episode may come out to where it's actually been out a week or two by the time That's we true. actually publish this. That's true. Um, so when I say dude, it came out this week, yeah, I think we're when we're recording weeks later. So yeah. released in uh, late September, you know, third week yep. of September. So it's yep. been out a few weeks by this point. So yeah, uh, chances are if there were any major earth shattering, like it's it, screwing up people's phones left and right, they're going to be releasing an update patched version of it. And, so and they typically do that in the first week or two anyway, right? They'll update yeah. the very first one. And so, uh, but let's talk about, stuff, let's yeah. talk about the features, right? The cool things that yeah. we could potentially see. And Alan, I don't know if you're like I am that, I mean, I I get excited about updating because I like to see the new things. Um, I do. I live a little on the wild side to say, I you know, whatever. If it bricks, that's fine. Um, but I like to see, you know, new things. I like to see exciting uh, opportunities of what could happen in the future, even if they're not quite dialed in yet. So, um, you know, when I, when I update an iOS or a Mac OS or uh, some sort of new operating system, 
I really don't go and look at the list of all the things that are supposed to have changed. I like to just see like what kind of things do I notice that have changed. So why don't we start with some of the things that that you noticed when you made this change? And again, you and I are what, would you say, 36 hours in yeah. of having used this, right? Sure. So you want to start us out? Tell us one of yeah. the things that you noticed when you you actually did this update. Right. Well, the very first thing I've noticed, and I think the thing that a lot of people are going to notice because the, the whole nature of what this does is notifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, notifications, those are those little pop-up windows that when your phone is um, in lock mode and you see the notifications all appear on your screen, they pop up on the top of your screen when you're using your phone. Uh, you can control traditionally, you can go in and say whether you want an app to have ability to send you notifications or not. It's pretty much a yes, no. Do I want applic- Do I want notifications or do I not want notifications? Um, it, iOS 15 did spend some time on notifications, kind of helping uh, clean those up or at least make them a little more manageable, I think is the big yep. thing. A couple minor things they did with notifications, which I, I love, is contact photos are now on some of your notification messages. If uh, you missed a call from somebody, and that's a little notification. If you've got a photo saved as that contact person's phone number, and now you see the person's face, which may seem like a trivial thing, but if you're looking at your phone just to see you know, what notifications you missed, and I could see a quick little photo of somebody instead of on a quick glance, that's just a nice reassurement of, of who it is um, yep. that you missed a call I like from. that. So that's nice. There's larger icons for the notifications that come from within the apps. Um, and you got a new do not disturb mode where you can just silence all of them and just you know make sure that you don't get anything. Um, and then you got some granularity a little bit on do not disturb where you can say, all right, if I want to, you know, uh, I want friends and family, you know, they can see now that, hey, I, I got do not disturb on. So they get some sort yeah. of feedback and responsiveness on that. Just a couple things on, on, on notifications. The, the biggest thing I'll say with notifications that I, I still need to kind of configure and work with a little bit more is the summary. So there's a notification mm. summary function now. So you imagine that you have some apps that send you notifications that are very, very important to you, maybe during the workday or very important to you at different times of the day. And you'd rather just see a summary of some of those kind of grouped together almost. So like, for example, you get up in the morning and you want to have like, you know, a specific, like all the unimportant ones, all the notifications that are not really major, major ones you need to worry about. Like just, all right, there was a news item that popped up on your notifications of interest. Uh, Some of the things, it actually can group those into a summary for you. And you can say, all right, I just want that to be delivered to me on specific times of the day. So you're not getting just bombarded with these notifications throughout the day that are not really critical ones. You're getting a summary of them that you can kind of scroll through and manage all at one time. And you kind of set that specific time of day for it to show up, morning or evening. Um, I like that. Now, again, I haven't gone in and really done a lot of configuring to work with it, but I love the idea of, you know, uh, I try to keep my notifications really thin. There's maybe only like maybe a fifth of the apps I've got on my phone, I even allow to have any sense of notifications with me. Most of them are turned off because I just don't see any value in the notifications on them. I don't need um, some shopping app to send me notifications for anything. But if I knew that I could summarize it and kind of get them all at one time, all the unimportant ones, I might be more likely to turn on more of those notifications and just do them in a big group. So I like the idea of the summary. Uh, I'll be the first to say I haven't really got into it deep to try it and test it, but I love the idea behind it. So yeah. notifications, I do think they've tried to do a little more cleanup because I think they're realizing that the, the common person now is just getting tons of notifications yeah. and they're maybe not spending time to go and manually turn those off on different apps. So this is a good way of keeping them all together. Well, and, and think about the the problem that they're trying to get past, which is uh, we get app, we get notification overload and when you, let's say, Alan, you, let's say you go to a meeting and you come out of the meeting where you have put your phone to the side and you're not looking at it like some people do, right? And when you get out, all of a sudden you've got tons of notifications. Well, if you've got an overload of notifications and they're also not grouped together by the, the type of notification, if they're, if they're just an overload, you, you find yourself kind of just wiping them all away and moving on rather than actually pretending like you care what they are. Wow. Um, so I do think that you're exactly right. I, I just 
tried out the summary piece, which I think is a really good feature. I agree with you. Um, I would just uh, tell people that the caveat here is if it's a notification that you want at the moment, and for me, things like my um, uh, my uh, home security cameras, well, I don't want those as a summary. I want to know when something is moving. Yeah. So don't put it in a summary. Don't add it to that summary. Uh, and the summary is really set up really nicely. It says, create a summary. Yes, tell me when you want the summary. I want the first one at 7 a.m. or I want the second one at 5 p.m. at the end of my day. And then you go and click uh, the checkbox next to all the apps you want included in it. So obviously don't include the ones that are your home security. Don't include the messages, the ones that you want at real time. Include all those ones like news and um, your podcast updates and all these things that it's good to know, but you don't need them at the moment, right? right. You can get them later when you're ready to, to use them. So I think that's great. I think they're really trying to, you know, it's self-serving. They want you to use notifications. They just realize that one size doesn't fill it all with those notifications. So uh, no, I think great. that's great. I, I do think, again, it, it's one of those things where they're kind of having to manage their own success. I think as more and more people have more and more apps installed and those apps want to send notifications and most people leave them on by default, it's just, you know, that's great because we have really created a system where you're getting a lot of information thrown at you on the, on the face of that phone without even having to sometimes even open the phone or go anywhere on the phone. But in doing so, you've got to now have some tools to manage that better. And I think that this is a step in the right direction. So yep. we yep. will definitely have to report back on that after we've been using it kind of in a real world situation for a while. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what about you? What have you got for us? Yeah. Well, so the the one that, that popped up to me and, and I often give caveats with my with my uh, my picks and some of my suggestions and things. And I'm going to give a caveat here and say that. Uh, Apple Maps, the maps that are built into Apple, um, I have not been a fan of for years. Mm. Um, I have found myself with Google Maps being much more helpful, much more useful, much more appreciative. I, I like Google Maps um, because I use Google Maps very similar to the way I'd use Google anyway. If I'm looking for a restaurant, I will look for Mexican restaurant, be able to see the list, be able to sort them out. And I think it, Google does a much better job at that. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, that's kept me away from using Apple Maps. Now, the one thing that has kept me using Apple Maps is the fact that Apple Maps integrates with your watch. Mm -hmm. And if I am navigating somewhere, the watch will buzz at me when I need to turn and all of that sort of thing, which I think is great. Keeps my eyes off of uh, the phone while I'm navigating. Well, the update, the update that Maps has done um, may actually pull me from Google Maps because it seems as though they have done just a really nice job of cleaning up uh, Apple Maps, um, making it a little nicer to, to use. It seems snappier right now. Uh, it certainly looks a little different. They've got some cool features like... Um, you know, 3D, uh, 3D imaging of locations. Uh, they've just started with uh, getting a lot more granularity in terms of their detail. Um, so I, I pulled it up, navigated myself to somewhere. I noticed a couple of new things um, when you're navigating. You know, let's say that I pull up and say, Alan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive to your house. I put in your address. I say, I say go. And as I'm driving, you know, before there was a little tray at the bottom where you could click and say, add a stop, share your ETA, all these kind of cool things. That's still there, but that's been simplified. I think it's now three buttons, something like share your ETA, add a stop. And uh, I can't remember what the, the last one is, um, but it's really simple. I think they're trying to keep it so that you're not engaged with your phone a lot, make it really simple mm -hmm. to start and then make some changes if need be. But uh, it certainly seems snappier. One of the one of the most frustrating parts about Apple Maps in the past is when you're navigating, it seems really slow to, you know, update to tell you a turn. Uh, it seems like it's trying to make everything super smooth as opposed to here's where I am. Don't, you know, yeah. don't be smooth. Tell me I have a, you know, a, a turn to make. And I think they've gotten better. I think they've gotten a little cleaner with that. So, so maps will look different. There's there there's a different feel to it. Um, there's lots of new things about it that allow you to see some three D three D imaging of some of the places that you're going. Um, yeah. I think it's nice. Have you used it yet? Yeah, I have. And I think what popped out for me right away is, and, and I know that 
street names were always present on the maps before, but the way they've got them highlighted now, and I think the way you see some more detail about homes and uh, other buildings definitely pops out more. I think it's a lot easier yeah. to see. I think I get a better sense of where I am a lot quicker by viewing these maps now. Um, so yeah, I like that. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that are still kind of similar ways that you've always had these, but um, have you looked at the different views that you can apply to your map? A little bit, right. As yeah. you're, as you're so, driving. You know, we yeah. always had the, we always had the, um, the, the satellite view and we've, where it's actually photographic, you know, view of your map or yeah. you've got the more traditional, you know, uh, roadway drawings, you know, where it's not, mm-hmm. not photorealistic. Uh, there is a mode now where it's driving, where it's just, okay, this is, this is really kind of more focused on showing you uh, where traffic is going to lie. If you really want to hone in on the traffic situation anywhere, and then there's a transit, which I don't know if that was on there before. I'm trying to remember if it was or not. But unfortunately, I don't live in an area where I have any kind of form of transit. Um, hmm. But living in a big city, there are different views now that you can apply that I think are are interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, I just got yeah, no. the right one. Um, so a couple of nice things there. I, I, you know, otherwise, yeah, I think it's just it looks nicer. It, it, it does. seems a little more yeah. a little more uh, user friendly. And, um, yeah, overall, I I'm, mean, I, I'm still an Apple Maps fan. I still think, yeah, so. I mean, I got a, I got a couple cool things, which is really nice. You know, I'm in my house right now as we're talking and my car is in my driveway and right away when you pull up maps and it's kind of zoomed in, you see, here's where you are and here's where your part, your car is parked. And it yeah. shows that they are right next to each other, the parked car. Uh, I just think they've they've really dialed in kind of the GPS and recognizing where things are. They've gotten more granularity. Uh, Google had this in spades for a long time, but I think Matt, I think Apple is caught up, and I think they're making a much uh, cleaner uh, environment uh, to be able to do. The other thing I noticed, and Alan, maybe this is something that was there before, and honestly, I don't know because I never used it. But uh, as you're navigating to somewhere. There's the the little icon on there. Um, so if I'm pulling up right now, I'm pulling up something and saying navigate. And as I'm as I'm going, it's got the little icon for um, uh, looks like a little squiggly line to say how do you want your your screen to show? Do you want it to show the full mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. navigation? And then below the that is the. Or, yeah. And the below that's the little button for sound. And I've always had my sound up. Quite honestly, I'm not, I've had a phone now for probably two years, and I don't think I've ever heard it do anything yeah. because I've always had the I've always had sound off. Mm-hmm. But when I'm driving, I also have maps sound off because I don't want to hear I don't want to hear them telling me to turn and all that. I have mm-hmm. I can see it. I have it mounted on my dash. Yeah. But there is a, an option there, and maybe this has always been there, but I didn't know. There's three options. There's sound on. There's uh, sound for emergencies and there is no sound. And I tried the sound for emergencies today, which was kind of cool as it navigates you. It doesn't tell you the turns, but it's going to let you know if like there's an accident and wants you to change your path, which I think is really cool. Right. I could be driving. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know if it was on the previous version, but I don't know either. I'm happy to know it exists. I did not realize it. Super slick. Yep. Yep. So it doesn't bother you. Like I hate, you know, hearing, yes, I know I'm going to turn right here. I can mm-hmm. see it on the map. But I always dislike when, and this is on Google Maps too, when it'll tell you, hey, there's a better way to go. But if I have my sound off, I don't know that unless yeah. it tells me, right? So you have to be constantly looking at your screen yeah. to see if it's going to pop it up. That's really good. I hadn't So anyway, that. yeah, I think I'll maps, use, that'll be using, maps is I'll super cool. Quite a bit now. Yeah. yeah so. um, all right. Let me uh, talk about what else you got here. So yeah, there's a, a feature that you may not see much usefulness with, but I, I think it's just nice and it shows a nice synergy between across a lot of different apps. And they rolled out a feature that's kind of called shared by shared with you. And the idea here is that there's a lot of times where we send each other through text messages or anything, uh, 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 music tracks, or we send each other photos or we send each other uh, maybe news items or uh, website addresses that we saw. And we're sending those to the people with through messages. Oh, hey, check out this song or go to this website and check this out. So obviously you can click on a link in the message if they send you a website and you go to that website. But 
what they've actually done is they've kind of gone backwards and said, all right, look, we're going to actually start in some of these apps now. We're going to show you a section that's going to collect all the things that have been shared with you within this app. So, for example, if you go to your Apple News app, and if anybody has shared news articles with you through messages, they will show up in a shared with you section of that app. Same thing with Safari on web browsing. Same thing with the TV app for video. Same thing with music for music tracks. So again, I mean, you may say, well, I don't really understand the point. Well, if you're trying to find all the ones, the songs that have been shared with you by somebody over the past you know, month or two, if you guys are trading a lot of songs, it's really nice to be able to go to the actual music app and see them in their own section that you can easily get to instead of having to scroll through your messages to go find or where was that song that so-and-so sent me on messages, you know, a month ago. Um, same thing with news articles or websites. Just, I like the idea of it kind of collecting that information and putting it in the right app and having a better way to kind of organize and see those. So I, I like it. It's a simple thing, but I do think it's anything that makes apps work together and kind of yeah. feed off each yeah. other and be intuitive of each other, I think is a good thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I haven't, seen that at all uh with my use of it maybe well, because no one shares anything with me share things with you <laughs> right and um, um and i'm realizing that now yeah i yeah. mean if you want brian just for pure testing purposes i can try to send you some things later but please don't get used to that happening so well i it would just be for obviously won't. right yeah. now yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I i understand <laughs> all right let me jump in here um so alan you and i uh well i'm sorry I uh, use the Notes app on uh, on Mac in order to prepare for this show, and oh, I was you say, I use the Notes app just not to prepare for this show. No, yeah, yeah. You end up looking at my notes, uh, and uh, that's even... your way of preparing. So, uh, so Notes app, and I and I will say I'm still not sold on Notes on Mac. I use it, I use it all the time, and I actually it's my only Notes app right now. But I'm still not 100 happy with it. Uh, I still think that I may look back at some others that can do things like organize your apps a little bit more effectively or um, organize your notes a little more effectively, uh, make it so that, you know, bullets are a little bit easier and cleaner to to organize and all this sort of stuff. But one of the, the updates that they have is that notes now allows. Um, uh, so if you've been using an iPad, and notes recently on an iPad allows you to write and scribble notes with a pen as opposed to just type them. Well, now you can actually search that text. So you can search for some of the things that you've written before. And this has kind of become a big thing with Apple now is they're, they're starting to recognize written text, written hand notes uh, or handwritten notes that allows them to then change that into uh, to, to actual uh, type text. So, uh, I know notes will allow you to do that. I think there's some new categorization uh, opportunities on notes. I, I, I saw that somewhere. I haven't come across that yet in terms of how that's going to be used. Um, oh, you mean like the uh, hashtags, right? Right. So tell me about that because I haven't yeah. used that yet. So basically, you can now use hashtags like the, you know, the little hashtag symbol with yeah. a word. And as long as you use that same hashtag and word on other notes, then you can then start to actually – pull up that batch of notes all using that hashtag. So okay. it's just another way of kind of organizing notes if you didn't want to put them into a folder specifically, if there's notes that need to span across folders. Okay. So okay. for example, um, yeah, you did, you did one uh, hashtag Allen, a very popular one. And, yeah. Uh, right. Right. And if I go and do hashtag Allen there, then I think what happens and we're doing this in real time, people. So you are you are listening as we do this. And this, yeah, is this is great. This is Alan preparation here. Mm -hmm. This is great audio podcasting. I tell you what, this is this is good. Somewhere we need to be able to pull up and search for the hashtags. And I don't know where that yeah. is. Well, I mean, I'm doing a search, but that's the same as if I would do a right. search you for Alan. Search right? That doesn't really do anything new. Uh, but I have a feeling that it's supposed to allow you to then also see things by that hashtag. So like, it's almost like smart folders, I think is supposed to, to occur here, but. Um, Hold on. Yeah. How to organize iPhone notes with tags on it. Oh, you know what? Why well, I'm doing it on my Mac. Are you doing it? On uh, your Mac? Yeah, I am. I am too. <laughs> yes. 
Thank you. Yes. So the Mac yes. has not been updated. So that's why nothing right. we're doing on the Mac in there is making any difference because Correct. the feature does not Correct. exist there on there. Okay. So now if I go in and do a hashtag Alan. Ah, uh, here we go. Yeah, there we go. Um, yep. And now if I were to go to my folders or tags, yep, there's a tag section at the bottom of your folder list and it shows the tag I created and now I can filter my notes by that tag. Correct. And also, Alan, I just noticed at the bottom left, you can say I want to create a new folder and it says smart folder is now an option. All and right. you can say smart folder by this tag, Alan, and all of a sudden I have a folder, which I will be deleting very quickly, um, that is just on hashtag Alan. So, yeah, so, I'm, and of course that will be coming on Mac OS very shortly, right? I mean, sure. this integration Maybe will happen very, very quickly. A lot of these things should be, I mean, the Mac OS is, is a little bit behind release of the iOS, but it's supposed to be in October sometime, I believe, yeah. coming out. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of the things we're talking about features, if there's the appropriate apps on the Mac side, you'll see a lot of those features carry over. Yeah. I'd be very disappointed if we didn't, so... Um, All right, what okay. do you got? That's cool. That's notes. Um, so I'm going to kind of continue backing. I talked about notifications a little bit earlier, and this kind of falls in that same category, but they released a whole other function. I mean, you know it's kind of a big deal when there's a whole new settings line in the in the settings app on your phone. And it, this one is under notifications, it's under sounds, and it's called focus. Okay? So here's the idea with focus is that it comes to, by default with, I think, three or four focus area or foci, I guess you would call them. <laughs> um, one is work. You just pulled person. out foci. Nice. I did. I mean, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Multiple, foci, yeah. multiple focuses yeah. are foci. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So work, personal sleep, do not disturb. You can create additional. I think they say you can do up to 10 foci. <laughs> I don't know. On the website. I don't know. Just, it's focuses on the website I'm looking at, but I'm pretty sure yeah, it's foci. I think it is too. I think you're right. And I don't know if it's foci, foci, whatever. Anyway, I know what you're talking about and, and we're good. We'll do hash, hashtag, hashtag foci. Let's go that. Let's go that way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you can create up to 10 foci. Um, and what it is, it's each of these focus areas. It's basically saying I can set a time and say, let's say I want my work focus to be from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. So you can say that during that time, I only want certain people to be able to send me messages. I only want certain uh, apps to send me messages or notifications. And now it's saying, and I have not dug this deep, Brian, but it's saying that it can actually uh, customize your home screen to only show certain yep. apps. Yep. So yep. here's the idea. You want to be really focused on work. Say, all right, Facebook, Twitter, um, a TV app, YouTube, all those. I want them to be hidden. They don't delete yep. them from your phone. They just hide them Correct. from your homepage. You can still go find them if you really wanted to. But we know how tempting it is to turn on our phone and the homepage is normally the ones we find ourselves using. It's going to hide them. And it's going to yep. block text messages or notifications from certain people or certain apps during that time. So now if you start to think about this, Brian, you can get kind of crazy with it, all right? Like you may have a time that you go work out in the morning and, and you just say like for this hour, I don't want anything but these three things to be able to get a hold of me. When I'm working, I only want to be distracted by these things or only have these, yep. these messages come through. And then, you know, maybe after hours or late at night, you know, I'm trying to wind down. I don't want to, you know, I don't really want to be uh, overwhelmed by things, you know, as I'm trying to uh, 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 settle in for the night. You could have a getting ready for bed focus in a way. Mm -hmm. So you can get pretty crazy with it. And, um, I love it. I think it's great. Yep. Um, yeah, and super, I can't, I nice. really, this is one I really want to sit down and just really go through and fine tune and, and configure and see how it works for us. Yep. But, yep. um, it seems like with everything we're talking about with notifications and some of these other enhancements, Brian, like we said at the beginning, it's not that they're changing the way anything works. It's they're adding some more, polish and organizational wrappers to a lot of things they already did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going with granularity, right? Everything is becoming more granulated, allow, yeah. allow you to be more control of what you do. You can be more personalized. Yeah. You can be simple, like has been the case with do not disturb, right? Hey, anything after 10, don't bother me. Or, you know, you can get to now where you say anything after, you know, 10 PM, 
only let these people come through or so here, here's one of the challenges we've had, Alan, right? So after 10 PM, certainly I don't want to be bothered. So maybe I have my do not disturb on. So nothing happens, but I also want still to know if there's movement in my, my driveway where I have a camera so I can tweak that now to say, listen, do not disturb, but I want you to notify me and on my side bedside table if there's movement in my front yard. So if that camera notification comes through, I want that to come through. So you can really dial in and say, what do you want to hear and what do you want to know about and when? And I think that's well, awesome. I just, I, I think if people actually use this, um, if this is a feature that got widespread adoption for the work hours, let's say. I think Facebook would dramatically see its its uh, <laughs> views <laughs> on its app uh, dropping if people actually use this kind of focus. Now, granted, you know whether or not people will use it, and even if you have it on, there is a way to quickly drop the focus, like at any moment, and you have complete control over that. It's not like the phone's locked you out from doing any of this. It's just hidden it from right. you. It's just made it harder to get to. But think about this. I mean, if they, we actually could get ourselves uh, trained to not have Facebook or Twitter open up during the day uh, when we're working, unless our work involves using Facebook. Um, that's, that could be, that could actually have some major impacts I think on productivity. So who knows? We'll see. Uh, I love the idea. I think, I think it's great. I think it's great. You know, I know there's been some third party apps that do similar things, but I haven't seen anything that will actually has the ability because it's not, it has to have hooks into the actual iOS to hide apps during certain times of the day. Yeah. That's the cool yep. part for me is yep. notifications. Yeah. You could go through and probably get a little, uh, find some ways to fine tune those a little bit more, but to hide the apps altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty. And cool. I saw a demonstration of this and I haven't used it yet, but um, supposedly for people who know that the, the most recent version of iOS prior to this, you could swipe, to the right, or I guess you're swiping to the left, but you're going to the right on your app screens. And when you get to the end, you can go and you get the entire app, like the the big app library, right? Supposedly that's still there. So what's nice is that you could say this one page is all I want showing on my focus time. But if I pull up and know that I need to get to an app because there's something that I actually want to do as part of my work, I can still get to it pretty easy. So it's just, um, redu- it's just removing that temptation. I mean, yep, it just, we're, yep. we're sitting, waiting for something to happen. We're, we're, we're standing somewhere. We open up our phone and the things on our homepage are typically the apps. We'll just start punching yeah. around on. Yeah. And all I was saying is like, Hey, look, during the work hours, I'm just going to see my Microsoft office apps. I'm just going to see my, uh, my contact management uh, app. I'm just going to see my QuickBooks app, whatever. And it's like, all right, reminder, Alan, you're at work. Let's 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 focus on <laughs> let's let's get some work done. And uh, we just hid we just hid uh, Twitter from you. That's all we did. So yeah. No, I love the idea right. of the focus. I definitely is another thing we'll need to report back on because I think we need to kind of put it through some real world paces first. So yeah, yeah. Brian, we got some other features. Let's kind of hit these. I think some of these yeah, let's are a little quick. So yeah, let's jump through a couple of these. So uh, at FaceTime, you'll notice a few th- differences. Uh, I haven't tested this one yet because I actually have not uh, attempted to have a, a FaceTime with someone who does not have a uh, an iPhone. But now I think they've opened up that. Uh, that engine to uh, to be able to have FaceTime uh, video chats with non iPhone users, right? So the idea yep. there is that you could be uh, you, you could have a green bubble friend uh, that's someone who's not on an iPhone I, iOS yep. device, and before you could not FaceTime them, so you could not have a video conference call through your phone. Now you can actually contact them, yep. and you can initiate it. Now they cannot initiate right. one back to you. So it's a one-way street, but it's better than nothing. So you can still yep. at least, you know, do that do that call with them. And that's nice. Well, and and you'll notice this on, you know, when you pull up a message and you see that you can actually start a uh, a video chat, even if you're on a green bubble person, right? Before that was never an option, right? You couldn't yep. even see the little icon for starting a video. So so I think that's helpful. Um, I'm interested to see how it works. Uh, I think there's supposedly like even a link that they can go to that becomes almost like yep. a Zoom meeting sort of thing where you start it, they go to the the link, they go through a browser, and they can actually have that meeting. But well, that's great. 
And then that also leads into the other part too. I mean, they have improved some of the multi-user for FaceTime. Yeah. Uh, So there's now a grid mode. If you do have a FaceTime call with three other people, it'll put you in a grid mode very much like Zoom. This is a probably the biggest step they've made to be a competitor to Zoom. So you can do conference call, FaceTime calls in a similar Zoom format, uh, much more than you could have before. And um, different views on that as well. So yep. between that yep. and inviting people that are not uh, iOS devices, I think they're they're definitely trying to make FaceTime a little more of a ubiquitous platform for uh, yep. video yep. conferencing. Yeah. And, and I think um, they, they can allow more, correct? If I'm, I'm not mistaken, so. they can have a more in the, the group, right? Yeah. That's so true. that's FaceTime. And I also think there's one other piece, Alan, which is uh, uh, that you can actually have a better view or a better uh, image that goes across on FaceTime. Okay. I think that uh, you and I just tried this a minute ago to have kind of the portrait mode, which people know was. Fine. You didn't pictures. any better than you normally do. So. Well, I mean, you can't really improve something that's that's good, right? No, so, yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of room, and I didn't see anything. No, actually, we did test it out. It actually does work pretty good. It's yep, the portrait it does. mode, like you would get when you're doing your camera phone app on the iOS, where it, if it's a person's face, it knows to focus on that, and it does everything else in the background, kind of gives it a nice uh, blur effect oh, to little, kind of call bokeh. attention yep. to you. Yeah, the bokeh effect. And uh, it does it now with FaceTime, which is really cool, like automatically. So much yep. better than what you see on some uh, of those Zoom uh, filters that people try to use where it blurs out your background. And it just looks very fake and it looks very, very uh, digital. It's yeah, actually distracting. Digital. I think it's more distracting than, than not. Yep. So. But Alan, let's, let's, let's mention though, this is really important that that is happening on the front facing camera or yeah. your, yeah, yeah, not just, so before, you know, the the idea of doing portrait mode was great because the cameras on the back of the phone where you're taking a picture of someone were better. There were two, you know, many of you know, there's a lot of the cameras now have two cameras, if not even three cameras. Well, that allows it to focus multiple ways and then kind of digitally put that in a really pleasing uh, appearance. Well, this is doing it with your, your selfie, you know, your selfie uh, camera, right? And that's just one camera. So it's doing everything digitally. Uh, but it's doing it in such a really, really clean way. So um, yeah, it makes it look a lot cleaner. So so FaceTime, you'll notice some differences, which I think is pretty exciting. So yeah, agreed. Right. Hey, there's one thing with FaceTime. I, I'll admit, I just now read this. Okay, so this is hot off the press for me. Um, <laughs> Real time. I did not realize this. I knew that they had incorporated uh, spatial audio with FaceTime calls. So the idea mm-hmm. being that if you're in a if you've got a grid of a large number of people, you can actually, if your if your headphones are capable of hearing spatial audio, you can actually kind of hear them at different places throughout your around your right. head, which is kind of cool. But the thing I'm I just found out I'm really excited about. So there's actually two options now on your microphone that you can toggle between your microphone on your phone, voice isolation and wide spectrum. And what this means is if you choose the voice isolation feature. For your microphone, it is really focused on your voice and is going to try to cut out more of the ambient sounds around you. So mm. it's like, I just want to get your voice, the voice right in front of my phone. If you go with the wide spectrum, it's trying to pick up all the sounds around you. So think about oh, interesting. when people set down a phone, like in a meeting and there's like people all around and that's your speaker phone in a way you want the wide spectrum because you want as much of that background noise to be picked up yeah. from other people. If you're having a private conversation or you don't want to hear that background noise, put it in the voice isolation mode and that's what it does. So that's kind of nice. Very cool. Yeah, that's great. I did not realize that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I, I wish they would have done this about a year ago uh, prior to COVID yeah. and kind of worked on that because that would have been great to Well, a lot of these FaceTime uh, features are that. like, yeah, that would have been cool a year and a half ago. Yeah, so, it would uh, have been. It would have been. Mm-hmm. All right. What, uh, do you, what do you got, Alan? Let me mention live text. This is one oh, that... Uh, yeah. Kind of, I think it's probably one of the coolest features, but you just got to kind of wrap your head around a little bit. The idea that you can now take your camera on your iOS device, point it at something that has text written on it or typed on it or a sign or something. And your camera and the, the overall processing of the phone will take the text it sees in that photo or that camera view and allow you to copy it as actual text that you can then paste into another application. So 
for example, let's say you walk up to a sign and uh, the sign has a really great something funny saying on it and you really want to keep that or you really want to like use it somewhere else. You don't want to just take a photo of the sign and just send that photo to people. You actually want to use the text. You hold your phone up to it. It recognizes the text. You can put your finger over the text it highlights and copy it. Then go to your email, go to your wherever, go to Twitter and like paste it. And uh, it does the copy and paste across apps, but it does that from text. It detects within a photo or a camera view, which uh, is pretty cool. I mean, you start thinking about the application for that, it's pretty neat. Um, Yep. So, you know, if uh, you're really wanting to, uh, if there's a long piece of text, I haven't really tested to see how long you can go with the text. I mean, if it's an entire page document, mm-hmm. could you actually physically copy the entire page of text and paste it somewhere yep. else? Yep. All right. Supposed so to be it able does to, a little yeah. bit of OCR scanning kind yes. of type of thing, but yep. more of that copy pasting mentality. Um, I just yeah. And let's let's mention that really really quickly. And you just mentioned OCR because you know we've talked about this before. If you uh, you know our our loyal listeners who I'm sure listened to our going paperless episode where we talked about scanning documents, and you've got scanners that can do the same thing, right? You take a picture, it scans the document, it can pull the doc, pull the text from the document. But those OCRs, almost all of them, are dealing with typed text. And here's what's really cool is that um, you can actually, with the iOS 15, be able to pull out written text, handwritten text, as long as it's not crazy scribbled, right? Not doctor's type of handwriting. But uh, we tried this. You know, I did a, uh, I just wrote on a piece of paper testing live text in just print and pulled my camera up pointed it at uh, that text. It recognized that the text was there. And by the way, you may not recognize that this is happening, but if you point your camera or your phone at something that has text on it, in the bottom right of the camera screen, the live view screen, you'll see a little icon that comes up that looks like, I think, little brackets or something. You click on it and it will then kind of pull out what the text was that it recognized. So it's constantly thinking like, is there text here? Is there a, a, you know, some sort of contrast in the pixels that makes us think that there's text. Um, I saw a great uh, use of this on, uh, on, as I was doing my research um, mm-hmm. for today, but one of them was, you know, great idea. Think about uh, your grandmother's recipe that she has handwritten. Mm-hmm. You pull out your phone, you take a picture of that and all of a sudden it becomes actual type text and you can copy it paste it somewhere else. And of course you could always do that by taking a picture of it, but now it's actual text that you can email to someone that you could put into another uh, document to reformat and change it it to different ways. It becomes searchable on your phone as well. Oh, that's super smart. Here's another thing too. Uh, If you do this on a phone number, like a sign has a phone number on it and you hold up your camera and it recognizes the phone number if it sees it's in a phone number format, it's going to go and make it a hyperlink where if you were to click touch on that phone number, it'll don't up your phone app and call. That's awesome. So again, awesome. you don't have to like type it in manually on your phone. You don't have to memorize it. You don't have to like save it, whatever. Same thing with uh, addresses. If it sees that something's mm-hmm. an address, if it knows it's format as an address, you hold your phone up, it sees this text. It's a hyperlink as well. You type, touch it it'll open up in the maps app and be ready to go. So So this is kind of taking over for the QR codes that everybody had to use for a long time to try to make it easy. Now, if no one's using a QR code and they just put their website up there, you can actually go to it as well without retyping it. Right. So, so I wonder about a website address. Oh, um, web address. I had had assumed that was the case. I haven't tested that. I would think if it, if it detects that it's a web address printed somewhere, like you walk up to a sign and it's got a website address, Yep. You go up and snap yep. it. It should turn it into a link that will open it up in Safari, right? Because then that so. does replace the QR code. I mean, it basically just says, look, as long as you've got a URL up on the screen or up on a sign, no point in trying to you know uh, fool with the uh, QR codes. Just put a nice website address up there. And I just I just tested it. In our notes, Alan, I typed in... Uh, you know, www.themesh.tv and yep. held it up there and it automatically created a little hyperlink click and opened it up the, uh, the browser. See, I love it when this stuff all works, right? Yep. Yep. It's really, really slick. So yeah, so this is, this is really cool. Uh, I think, I think there's lots of great things that can happen with this and especially if you get used to it and you get kind of 
creative in the way that in which that can happen. Well, that's the thing. So, As these new features are rolled out, we realize that there's you know a certain only a certain segment of people that typically really find them, themselves using it. Sometimes you got to train yourself to be using them, or a lot of features. You know, sometimes they don't make it in the future versions. They don't stick around because they just didn't get a lot of adoption of them. So uh, that's why I think it's important to kind of dig in and start really getting comfortable with these and see if they really do benefit you in any yeah. way. Um, you got Alan, let me, let, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to mention, uh, well, I'm briefly mention one, which you've already mentioned, but I just want to say spatial audio. We talked about before right. spatial audio is now engaged with this. I have uh, a pair of AirPod pros that I use. Um, and I didn't realize, I didn't even think about this happening. And yesterday when I upgraded, I came home and as I was walking my dog, I ended up pulling up a little video, putting the, the phone in my pocket and listen to this video uh, as I was going. And I realized every time I turned my head, the sound sounded like it was coming in a different place. The sound was moving. And I was thinking, what in the world is going on? It's a weird video. And turns out pretty much all of the uh, audio that's coming out of my phone now through the AirPod Pros, I think had used a spatial audio. And just a reminder, spatial audio means that the audio is made so that uh, it sounds as though you're in the environment in which the sound is coming from. So if there's sound that's coming from the right, it's going to sound like it's coming from the right. And if you turn your head, it's now going to sound like it's coming from behind you because you've turned your head away from that sound that's supposed to be to the right. So spatial, meaning that you're kind of in the audio itself. And, uh, and I noticed that many videos were doing that for me or many uh, audio sources are doing that for me, podcasts and everything. So uh, I've got to dial that in. I didn't like it initially when I use this because as I'm walking, every time I turn my head, it sounds like the sound's coming different, yet I'm not sitting in front of TV, which I'm assuming is the way reason they want this happening, right? Yeah. If I'm standing in front of a TV or watching a TV and I turn my head and make the sound still come from the TV direction, that makes sense with a stationary uh, source. But when the source is in my pocket... It, did, it didn't really help to have my head turning and all this sound kind of moving around me and not really know what's going on. But the spatial audio is kind of cool. Lots of opportunities for that to happen. You mentioned with FaceTime and I think they're, I think it's just, it's, it's great. It's going to be, it's going to be a really cool uh, advancement um, with the, with the audio. So look for, if you realize the sound is different, don't panic uh, when you upgrade, it may just be a, a way of turning that on and off. So. Okay, well, that's great, Brian, but let's talk about the feature that it's will gonna, be causing some panic, <laughs> and I think some people will be freaking out when they see it. Um, if you upgrade to iOS 15 and you open up Safari, the web browsing app on the on the iPhone, uh, you'll notice a big difference. Um, most notably, um, you're looking up at the top of your window, the top of your screen, and you do not see the web address or where you can type in your web address or anything. It's not up there. Because now it's at the bottom and it's now set up with uh, a different tab system for swiping between different tabs and uh, browser windows you may have open. So, Brian, you know, the idea of, of going to the bottom of the page, and again, this is by default now how iOS 15 works with Safari. You can, just so you know, go into your settings for Safari and change that. Say, no, nah, you know what? I want I want that address bar to go back up to the top. <laughs> so I, I don't like change. Don't freak me out. <laughs> but if you keep it at the bottom, I mean, I know the rationale for doing it is they know the natural indi- way that you hold your phone is that you're holding it from the bottom. And right. that's where your fingers are more active. That's why a keyboard is at the bottom of your screen. So the idea is that, you know, if you're going to uh, type into your web address. You can just touch down at the bottom. It's down there kind of, it makes more logical sense. Yep. But we've gotten used to 10 years of it being at the top. So, uh, and on the iPad, it's still at the top, by the way. I don't think they moved it to the bottom. I think they left it at the top because it's a whole different uh, layout. So it's going to, it's going to mess up some people's minds. We're probably going to get some phone calls from, from family about this. And uh, I'm prepared for that. But um, so most most I'm, importantly, you can turn it off, as, as you said. Yeah. However, I encourage everyone to think about the the way in which you search for things. And if you are someone who then every time you have to search for something or do uh, add a new web, website or whatever, if you're having to use your other hand on your phone to go up to the address bar, realize this could be beneficial. And I personally love it. Now, of course, 
my initial response was, oh, wait a minute, I have to remind myself where it is and it looked different. But one-handed viewing and one-handed typing uh, makes a lot more sense. I mean, our phones have gotten so much bigger. And once we got to that point where for many people, it now becomes a two-handed experience because you have to hold the phone in order to get to the top of the screen. I think this was a really smart play, but it caused a lot of frustration from people when they put this out in the beta. A lot of people revolted. And uh, so they went back and added, because this, by the way, was going to be the default. It was going to be the only way you could do it. And they went back and said, wait a minute, (laughs) enough people are pissed off. Let's make an option where you can turn it off, which I think is smart. Right. No, but I, I, I would, I would encourage people to try it and use it for a bit before you. I mean, know, I've already, it. I've already gone for in the matter of 36 hours from, Oh wow. I really don't like this to, Oh yeah. Okay. I totally get it now. Yep. It works. Yep. So it just took yep. me a day or two. The yep. other thing about the uh, Safari browser I do like now is that it used to be, if you had multiple tabs open, mm-hmm. you would have to go to your button down the bottom, right. And kind of see them in a kind of a cascading view and, Go pick the one you want to. The way they're doing tabs, and it's very much similar to what the new version of Safari on the Mac OS is doing, where you have tabs that are more like these little, uh, I don't know how you describe them. They're more uh, buttons in a way. So, and and you can actually swipe between those tabs and it's going to flip all of your different views of those different pages. So if I've got six different pages or tabs open, in just a quick flip of my thumb across those tabs at the bottom, I can now like flip through each one very, very quickly and easily. And um, it's, it's a nicer look. I think oh, it's a more intuitive way of moving through these. So again, uh, I think I'm, it's I'm super, very happy with super slick. Well. Yeah. I think it's super slick. So, so again, if you're, if you're having a hard time visualizing this, imagine the way that you swipe between pages on your phone of getting from one set of pages to the other. Imagine though that's the way you're swiping to get to your other tabs, right? Just at the bottom, kind of swiping the tabs across. Now, Alan, I will say there's one piece here that I really don't like, and I don't, it doesn't seem to jive with everything else they've done. So far, everything you've mentioned is we want to make it so that you can navigate and use your phone one-handed without having to, you know, readjust the phone in order to get to the top of it. Everything's happening at the bottom. But Alan, if you, I don't know if you tried this or not, but if you have Safari open where there's multiple tabs and then you swipe up to see the tab view where you're actually seeing multiple tabs mm-hmm. at once, they're all little, little cards that in order for me to get rid of them, I have to then reach to the top of the screen to get rid of it. Instead of previously, you know, there might, there might've been ways to do see multiple pages that I could flick up and get rid of, right? Kind of like you get rid of uh, different apps. And I think that would have been a really smart way of doing it to say, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to flip up and I'll get rid of these tabs this way, all again with one hand, one thumb, rather than me having to go to the top of the screen to X them off. And even a little weirder is that you still, um, when you go to that view to see all of your open tabs in one one, uh, thumbnail view layout, to search those tabs, which you know you have a search bar, that search bar is also at the top of the screen. So you got to go right. back up to the top to do the search on it. I kind of wish they would just committed and said, we're going one-handed typing bottom. on yeah. Safari or one-handed navigation and just made everything at the bottom yeah. navigation. Mm-hmm. You know. yeah. But uh, maybe they'll get to that. So Yeah, but overall, I think these are good improvements, but they are going to be jarring. I think that's the only thing yep. with iOS 15 that I really thought was jarring when you started to play around with it. The only thing that jumped out is that, okay, this is different. We're going to have to change. We're going to have to change yep. our mentality on this. So, yep, um, but overall, I think I agree with you. I think it's good. I think it's yep. a good thing. Uh, I think once yeah. we all get used to it, we'll be fine. Everybody thought the uh, no no home button was going to be you know just so difficult for everybody. I think everybody's gotten used to that pretty well. So, right. same right. idea. Uh, there are a couple quick things that I know that did not make it into this version of iOS 15 that were that are still coming. I think in either like a point one release or maybe coming up. Uh, or Brian, what works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, SharePlay. We mentioned this earlier in a previous episode about um, this really cool, exciting kind of uh, feature where uh, if Alan and I want to watch. A, an episode of something on Netflix together and share that experience from across the country that we can actually do that through FaceTime. And, you know, I could be pulling up that episode 
on Netflix and you then share it with you. And then you, I think, probably have to have a Netflix account as well so that you log in so that it shows that you can use it. But you and I would be watching and being able to talk to each other as if we were sitting on the couch next to each other watching this episode together. And I think that's that's a really cool way. Uh, again, an, another feature that would have been great to have a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, you know, for Apple's, you know, Apple's never been the one to spring new the first people <laughs> yeah. like right away. They're going to wait their time. Unfortunately, yep. the COVID year and a half, I think, uh, was not a great example of. I think in the past we've all been okay waiting for Apple to come around and do something really, really good instead yep. of doing it first. Uh, during the COVID time, I would have liked some of these things to to have been the first. It would have been really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I did read today, I think, the uh, the latest beta of 15.1, which will be the next point update to the iOS, did have share play back in it. So hopefully we'll see that at the next update. We'll see that yeah. soon, yeah. And I imagine that's going to have some quirks, but okay. realize that the long-term benefit of that is is really cool. Yeah, that's really And exciting. then uh, having keys and IDs in your wallet, your wallet app yeah. on the iOS, on the uh, iPhone, that was something that was supposed to be in this version. It's not there. They're expecting it to be released in another point version. But the idea that you could actually store um, your digital keys, like uh, if you use a key or a, uh, have a uh, HomeKit controlled uh, lock mm-hmm. for a door, you can almost kind of treat it like a, a key you have in your wallet app. Same yep. thing with IDs you can store. I even think the COVID vaccination uh ID right. is something that you would store in that right. wallet. So driver's well. license, your mm. your uh, you know your COVID COVID vaccination, your I'm assuming eventually some sort of passport element. But the idea is that having a digital version of that means you don't have to carry it. And of course, this relies on the the rest of the governmental system to allow it, right? But it, but you know, imagine going to a place that needed your ID. You'd be able to pull that up digitally, which shows. Maybe there's like a, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be some sort of QR code or something like that, that they'll scan to verify that that truly is. Maybe that scanning your QR code pulls up on their device that shows your picture and your your name. And yes, that all works. But I, I think that's where we need to go. I mean, it's such a, it, honestly, it's such an archaic system for us to have physical things oh, yeah. that we have to keep up with in order to have identification. So, well, so it looks like they're trying to make a move to that. So. Well, the wallet app on the iPhone is is not really a wallet. It it's, it it does have your financial cards that you can store on there, and you know, credit or debit cards if you have a way of storing it on there. And you get tickets and passes, you know, of things you buy. But there's not really any identification things that you would normally expect to have in your wallet. And uh, right, I think once they can roll that in, and especially if you do have a a, a key, a, a digital key you use to unlock a door. Or a car key or a car lock, and that can be stored in your wallet, and you actually start to use that wallet app. Um, then it really truly is what it's kind of meant to be at yeah, that point. Yeah, that's so, going to be yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so we got about ninety percent of I think what we were wanting out of this new version yep. of iOS. Uh, again, not a lot of dramatic changes that are going to throw off the way people use their phone, but uh, some new nice enhancements, some nice new kind of uh, organization tools and ways to structure personnel, your personal work home schedules and life around how your phone works with you. The only thing I think that'll just, again, like we said, it'll just be a little adjustment will be that use of Safari. If you leave it to the new default setting of how it lays out the the browser window. So, and uh, I'll I'll just jump in, Alan, just to remind people, as we said earlier, it, if you don't need to upgrade, yeah. Wait until maybe the second or third iteration of this thing. However, uh, I, I guess I'll ask you, Alan, you, you upgraded probably similar to me within probably five or six hours of this thing coming out. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed any bugs whatsoever? None yet. No, I have but, had zero bugs. I have had zero things right. that went wrong that ca- caused me to panic. Not I'll, to say I'll that. I'll admit, yeah, I, I haven't really pounded on this really super hard. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I plan to do that, like you know, later this weekend, and really just kind of sit down and spend some time configuring things. Yep. And I'll, I'll, we'll see if some things pop up. But I definitely would say too, if you're a little wary of like not wanting to jump and, and install this, check some of the the uh, Mac news blog sites or yep. news uh, reputable news sites. They're typically the ones that will come out and say, "Oh wow, there is a major bug or issue, or there's an incompatibility with some popular app." Yeah. If you install this new version, and then that's your cue to say, "All right, I'm just going to hold back." And uh, yep. 
wait until it's gotten farmed up. But again, if you don't absolutely have to have any of these features or you're not one of these guys like us that just really gets eager to install new versions, then wait a couple of weeks. I think sure. uh, probably yeah. by the time you listen to this podcast, it probably will be an okay time to, to upgrade. And hopefully some of these other exciting features are out and about that you actually may want to use. So, you know, the, it it came out on September 20th. So whenever you're listening to this, realize it's, I would probably do a search. I always do a search. I'm not sure about you, Alan, but I always do a search that says iOS 15 issues and just see what the most recent things that happen. Um, just to make sure that are they are they scaring me or am I okay to, to make, uh, make do back up your phone before you do it. Always do that. Go on, plug it in, or open up your computer to make sure you do a backup on iCloud or something, so that you have a full back you can go to if something does go wrong. But um, but I think I think people are going to like this. I don't think people are going to get too panicked by it. I think there's some exciting things here, and uh, to me, it's a a progressive update that I think opens up the door for lots of cool things that can uh, happen in the future. So uh, so I'm excited. That's good. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. I think we're, uh, I think we're in a good spot. So, uh, that's iOS 15 and, uh, that was our initial impressions. I'm sure we'll be kind of uh, touching through, touching back on it in future episodes if we've had any further, uh, further experiences with it. Yeah. Brian, if anybody's, uh, tried out iOS 15, has some different takes or maybe think that there's a, a big feature that we kind of were remiss in, in not mentioning, uh, how can they, how can they communicate with us here? Yeah, send us, send us an email at info at the mesh.tv, info at the mesh.tv, and uh, let us know uh, your thoughts. And and we, uh, we're we always excited to hear from, uh, from folks as to uh, either new things that we can bring forward or uh, corrections to what we have, uh, have said. Well, I'm sure we yeah. never make a mistake, but if we do, it'd be great to hear about it. So yeah, info at the mesh. Right, you, you did make a mistake on the last episode. I mean, I don't, well, I, I kind don't, of purposely I, did that to the to I, the you know we allow people to know how mistakes happen. I'm uh, not keeping score, and I'm not yeah. trying to like bring this back yeah. up. But I mean, you just you did open it up to saying if you if there were any mistakes that people could let us know. I'm just reminding you. Yeah, you you yeah. did make kind of a big mistake on the last episode. You uh, you dropped the ball on some research, and I, mm-hmm. I again, it's it's fine. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I just. Want to make sure you knew that. So. <laughs> yeah. So you're, 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 I'm just, just clarifying. You're getting on to me about not doing my research. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not getting on to you. <laughs> okay. I'm, getting I, I'm just pointing out that you did your research poorly uh, last time. That's I, okay. That's yes. All yeah. I, I purposely <laughs> corrected my mistake. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and if you did any research, Alan, I'm sure you probably have a mistake. That's here why I don't do so, so you really are playing, you were played it safe. I appreciate you playing it that, safe. That there. way I can't <laughs> be wrong. So, I'd rather uh, let yes. you be the one that uh, is wrong. Okay. Yeah. I think we're done ribbing for tonight. So um, that is Brothers in Tech. We will be back next week with another discussion of technology, uh, home, family, personal technology, helping you be the best family IT person, go-to person you can be in your own network of friends and family. I'm Alan Jackson. That was Brian Jackson across from me there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.